I'm super excited to welcome you all for another episode of the Uncapped Insider. Uncapped Insider is a podcast series dedicated to revealing the insights of seasoned sales comp professionals. We feature pros with extensive experience in sales comp positions, presenting their career journey to gather invaluable advice for those who are in the early stages of their careers. I'm your host Adit and I'm thrilled to join you today for the podcast. Today on the podcast, we have with us David Miller. Senior Manager Global Incentive Compensation at Integrated DNA Technologies. Welcome to the podcast David. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself for our listeners? Absolutely and first off thank you so much for for having me. I'm I'm really uh, delighted to be able to participate in this great podcast. Um I am David Miller and I do work as the Senior Manager for Global Incentive Compensation at Integrated DNA Technologies. Um, I've been in that position for almost two years, and overall, I have about 15 years of experience in the area of sales compensation, although that 15 years is is spread out across 25 years or so. Um, and before we get further into the podcast, I just want to clarify that uh, everything that I say in this podcast, unless stated otherwise is my personal opinions and not does not necessarily reflect the uh, opinions of my employer. That's great to go, David. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to like, you know, know more about how you ended up in sales compensation. It's not something, you know, people study in grad school. So what's your story, David? Right. I think, I think my story is probably similar uh, to a lot of other people. I fell into it, but I loved it. Uh, when I studied my undergraduate many years ago, uh, my initial desire was to go to Washington, D.C., uh, perhaps be a part of the diplomatic community or the foreign policy community that were kind of the aspirations I had uh, as, a, as a college student. Um, but then I spent a semester in Washington, D.C., uh, doing some internships, learning more about that, and realized with a shock <laughs> that it wasn't going to be a good fit for me, that it just was not uh, what I had imagined it to be. So I went back to my university my senior year um, and knew I needed a job. That point in time in the late 90s, uh, the big management consulting firms were hiring lots and lots of, of young uh, graduates. And so I got a great job uh, out of college with a, a firm called Towers Perrin, uh, one of the bigger human resources consulting firms out there. Um, and I spent uh, five years with them. It was a wonderful experience. Uh, did a lot of different things. Uh, worked in uh, Texas, worked in Southeast Asia, and then eventually ended up in New York City, the New York City office, uh, where uh, the company's sales compensation practice was located. And so I got uh, pulled into my first ever sales compensation project. Uh, that was for Dow Jones Publishing. Um, which is the publisher of the, the Wall Street Journal, among other publications. And this was the this was around the year 2000. So uh, the sales force there was still selling advertising in print newspaper. Um, so those of you who are old enough to remember when that was a big business, that was kind of my first project. Um, and I really found that from the very beginning, I just loved sales compensation. Um, I loved, on one hand, the complicated mathematics behind sales compensation, but then on the other hand, I loved that it was very people-focused um, and we're using these plans to try and uh, motivate and encourage the sales reps to, to drive the, the company's strategy. Um, I also found 
generally speaking, that I just love being around salespeople. Um, I think it's a it's a situation where opposites attract. Um, I tend to be more introverted myself, a little more soft spoken, um, but I enjoy being around people who are very good at selling um, and uh, you know breaking into to new accounts and things like that. And so I just find that it's good a good partnership. Um, after those five years at Towers Perrin, um, I did take a, a step in a different direction. 9-11 uh, happened in New York City. That obviously had a big impact on me. Um, and I and a number of my peers wanted to do something uh, to really impact the community in New York City. Um, so along with a number of my peers made a big career change. I ended up going into the nonprofit sector for about 10 years. I worked for a church in New York City. I helped run a couple of nonprofit agencies um, and had some, some great experience with that. Um, but then around 2011, 2012, uh, felt the itch to get back into sales compensation. Um, ended up working for an incredible uh, boutique sales compensation consulting firm called Prosperio Group. Um, and I did that full-time and part-time uh, for about seven years um, and then made another big career shift uh, about four years ago and went from the consulting side of things over into the administrative side of, of compensation, sales compensation. Um, first worked for a very large mortgage company in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and then two years ago uh, made the great jump over to integrated DNA technologies. That's, just, that's an inspiring story to hear, yep. David. And I think uh, it's so brave of you to like you know leave a career and then go after nonprofit and then take that up. Uh, and uh, I think with the unique perspective that you have, uh, you had in sales compensation in two thousands, and then you came back in two thousand ten and today. How different do you see, or how similar do you see the compensation of that era and right now? That's a great question. Um, I think the fundamental principles are still there. Um, and they still apply. It's it's my understanding that you know some of the pioneering uh, theoretical work in sales compensation really happened in the 1990s. Um, so I was able to to really benefit from that. Obviously, the big game changer over the last 20 years is the use of technology, um, the use of systems to automate the calculation of sales compensation incentives is a big thing. But also just the amount of data that we have access to now in the sales compensation field that we can use for compensation plans. There's just so much more available for us to use in our compensation plans than there was 20 years ago. That's us, uh, well said, David. And uh, what were some, like, you know, pivotal moments in your career that helped you get to where we are today, right? Like, I think uh, you have part of the consulting world of sales compensation, but now you're a practitioner yourself. So mm -hmm. what what drove that, David? Sure. So I think first and foremost, really the, the pivotal moment for me, it's not necessarily a single moment, but it's it's more of just a a progression of my own thinking is is just recognizing and realizing that sales compensation was a great fit for me personally and being content with that. Um, as you as you said earlier, you know, sales compensation is not something that you typically study in university. Um, I obviously was very focused on something else, completely different from sales compensation when I was at university. Um, 
there's not necessarily a lot of cachet associated with sales compensation. Uh, it's as anybody who practices it knows, it can be very difficult to try and explain to others what it is you do. Um, but for me to simply recognize that this is something that I really love was huge for me. Um, and I think in my own experience, just anecdotally speaking, that I find a higher than average level of job satisfaction with long-term sales compensation practitioners. Um, I think because either you love doing this and you stick with it or you don't um, and you find something else to do. Um, so that's one of the things that I think is great. Um, some of the other pivotal moments, I had some incredible mentors along the way. Uh, one in particular was Beth Carroll. She's the founding principal at Prosperio Group. I worked for her for seven years. Um, got exposure to so many different aspects of, of sales compensation. We worked together on many, many clients. Um, that was really where I learned the skills of sales compensation. Um, and then I would say more recently, um, getting into a role here at Integrated DNA, DNA Technologies where the sales compensation role sits within the sales operations function was huge for me. Um, I had been housed within human resources in the past. Um, I know sometimes uh, sales comp could be in the finance department as well, although I've not ever worked within finance. But for me to be in sales operations, to be working side by side with sales leadership, uh, to have access to all the data, that's just been really uh, phenomenal for my career and growth. I think it's very rare we can find someone who is super passionate about what they do. Mm -hmm. And with that, I wanna go like, you know, directly into the topic about job satisfaction, right? We recently noticed in a survey that we did with sales compensation professionals are uh, they're not super clear about their career prospects. Like at least 50% felt they aren't sure about where this is going, right? And as a veteran in sales compensation in some sense, what advice would you give those young people on how to navigate their career and sales compensation like you know people who have been here for 10 years people who are just joining the sales compensation community how what perspective should they take on their career that's a great point um, and i think the main piece of advice i would give to younger professionals is just simply to be patient um, i believe that sales compensation as a role uh, from a development perspective, it, it's not necessarily going to have as clear of a career path as other roles. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that there's just not that many sales compensation practitioners out there compared to, say, finance analysts or sales representatives, right? There's, there's, unless you're happening to work at one of those companies that has lots of commissionable employees and you have a large team devoted to uh, the processing of, of your sales incentives, uh, the career path is gonna be, it's gonna take some time and, and it may not necessarily be, be laid out for you in advance. So my advice for younger professionals is, is to really focus on a couple of things as you, as you patiently just wait for your career to develop. It's number one, get a lot of reps with calculations. One of the nice things about sales calculations, sales commissions and incentives is, is that we do them on a regular basis. We're either going to do them monthly, quarterly, annually, or whatever the cadence is at, at our organization, which means every single time 
we have to process and pay sales incentives, we're getting reps. And so to look at every single pay cycle is an opportunity to learn. Once you get the basic fundamentals of calculating the sales incentives at your organization, then start working on tackling some of the more complicated problems. Also, learn from your mistakes, right? We we all aspire for perfection um, with our sales incentive calculations, but it's just not going to happen, right? We're going to make mistakes time from time to time, but the key is can we learn from those and improve? I think the more our colleagues know that they can depend on us to accurately calculate commissions, no matter how complicated they are, the better it will be for your career development. Um, and then the second piece of advice I would give is just to really focus on customer service. Um, I think it's really important for us in the sales compensation world to recognize that the salespeople are our customers. Compensation is the reason that most people work, at least one of the big reasons that most people work. But it's also a sensitive issue. Um, people really care about the money that they're earning. They're using it to pay for things that are important to them, perhaps support their family, perhaps save for the future. And so whenever you have to deal with a, a sales rep on their commissions, it's important that you really focus on providing excellent customer service, really listening to them, taking the time to explain things, making sure that they understand why their commissions and their incentives are calculated the way they are. Um, I think that's really essential for your career development. So again, taking time to get those reps and focusing on customer service would be my main pieces of advice. I think uh, the sales reps at Integrated DNA seem to be super lucky to have someone as empathetic as you handling the commissions because a lot of time when the sales commission goes wrong, people assume, hey, it's just a number that went wrong. But like I said, there's a lot riding on it for sales reps. And uh, you need to get it right every time, right? And uh... yes, absolutely, absolutely. And and you know, again, I I recognize uh, humbly that that I couldn't be doing what they're doing, right? I am I am not a salesperson. I don't have a territory. I'm not out there calling on customers. And so, learning just to listen to the sales rep to understand their concerns, and to let them speak into the calculation so that you work together to come up with a solution is excellent. And of course, at the same time, uh, uh, respecting and following the company's policies as well and making sure that sales management is involved. I think that's the key to excellent customer service. Definitely. What challenges are you seeing in sales comp nowadays and what approaches are people taking to like, you know, addressing that? That's a great question. Um, I think most people would agree that the last five years um, in the global uh, business environment have been unique and challenging um, with the coronavirus pandemic, um, with all kinds of the of economic uh, responses to the disruption of the pandemic. I think many practitioners find themselves in environments that are just rapidly changing in unpredictable ways. Um, and it's been my experience that the annual planning process for your sales incentive plans uh, may not be able to accurately predict and incorporate all the change that's happening right now. Um, so when you're in a situation where you get halfway through the year and you find that the, the environment has changed dramatically, um, you, can, you can kind of soldier on with your existing plans, uh, which sometimes is, is effective, but oftentimes ends up 
with sales reps being dissatisfied. You can try and create new sales plans from scratch mid-year, um, which I don't recommend because it's time-consuming. Um, it sends a strong message to the reps that we're constantly changing things. Um, and you may find two months later after you change your plans that the environment has changed again. So the trend that I'm seeing more recently um, that I would encourage people to explore are, are what I call sweeteners, which is if you get mid-year and you find that the environment is different, dramatically different from what you expected when you designed your plans at the beginning of the year, come up with some ways to modify your plans that give the reps opportunity to earn and continue to pushing forward, but without dramatically recreating everything. So for example, you might lower the threshold for your, your earnings capacity, or you might, um, you know, add some additional spiffs or, you know, some kickers or annual measures, you know, things that, that weren't in your plan at the beginning of the year, but can be added to your existing plan to just continue to motivate uh, your reps uh, and keep them moving forward. I, I'm finding that that is really an important thing to do. And I have seen that happening uh, in a number of places over the last few years. That's a unique answer, David, because I think a lot of times there are a lot of teams involved, especially when there is money involved, like, you know, everyone wants to have a say. So to put the sales rep and represent their emotions and ensure that they are who are at the front line fighting for your company's revenue are getting what they deserve is such a crucial role sales compensation needs to be playing. Yeah. That's an excellent point, you know, because again, we're we're talking about dramatic external changes, right? It's not the sales reps' responsibility that the market has dramatically changed in the middle of the year. That's an external event. So, just helping your sales force pivot and stay motivated, I think, is really key um, in this current business environment. Absolutely. How do you keep yourself up to date on latest news and trends in sales compensation? Uh, well, first and foremost, I think the uncapped community and other communities like it is a great way to do that. Um, it's always good uh, to be able to network with other professionals, particularly in forums like uncapped, where you can you know, ask questions, um, have access to articles, insights, things like that. Um, I also think that just connecting with other practitioners on LinkedIn is a great way to stay informed. Uh, people tend to post uh, when they're doing something interesting or exciting, um, it's just a good way to to kind of keep your finger on what's going on. And then, of course, there are conferences as well um, around that. That if you're able to take the time and receive approval to for that expense, um, it's good to just be in a place where you're surrounded by a bunch of people like you. You know, as sales compensation practitioners, we we tend to be kind of unique within our organizations. So sometimes it's good for us to, to be around each other and just to learn and, and and share ideas together. If not for sales compensation, David, what would be your alternate career plan? I think sales operations, quite honestly. Um, I'm just really passionate about uh, partnering with the, the sales force um, to help them achieve their goals. So if for some strange reason, I wasn't allowed to continue to do that, uh, in the field of sales compensation, then I would just focus on territory planning or quota setting or sales enablement, something like that, just to keep working in the in the same area. Final question of the podcast: so Where can our audience connect with you and learn more about your work? 
get guidance from you? I think the easiest way is just to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Again, you can just find me under my name, David Miller, Integrated DNA Technologies. I'd be happy to connect with anybody out there who, who's interested um, to, to just network uh, with other professionals like me. Thanks a lot for coming on this podcast, David. I personally learned a lot and have a lot of takeaways from here. And I hope our listeners do too. Well, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much. Well, that brings us to the end of this insightful episode of Uncapped Insider. Big thanks to David for sharing his experiences and valuable insights. I really enjoyed our conversation today, David. Remember to check out Uncapped, our, your exclusive community for sales professionals, brought to you by Evstage. I'm your host, Adit, signing off.